with you. God is so faithful. I have been hearing testimonies all over the place of people healed. One person who had an ankle injury for a long time was healed in one of our services. We don't, you don't always come back and tell us the great things that, that God has done, but every now and then you come and tell us, and it's absolutely amazing. Just some people getting free from mental illness uh, in the past. Just such, such exciting stuff. God just really... Um, touching lives. So, it, did you, who felt God touch them during worship? Is there anyone? Isn't it, isn't it amazing that we serve a God that is so interested in us, that that He wants us to to not just know intellectually, but to feel Him. God is so faithful, and God God knows what every single person needs in their soul. So, may may the the encounter with Jesus continue as we. As we go through the word, Lord, I pray that as I preach, Lord God, that they wouldn't hear my words, they would hear your words. Holy Spirit, would you speak to their souls? Would you deliver them from fears, Lord God? Would you establish your heart, your ways in their lives, Lord God? Would you, Lord God, would you reveal to them what they need to know to walk out of here different, more alive? more understanding of your ways, more in tune with you, more able to cooperate with your spirit and your kingdom, Lord God. I pray that, that today would mark a turning point for many people. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. and amen. amen. So what turns an ordinary person into a hero? What turns an ordinary person into a hero? You know, the world needs heroes right now. Would you agree with me? You know, maybe you are not going to stop a war. Maybe you are not going to save a child out of the mouth of a lion. Maybe you're not going to do some kind of spectacular, noteworthy exploit. But every one of us are called by the living God to stand up and be counted in our world in such a way that the world sees us and knows that there is a living God. David, as a teenager, stood before Goliath and the entire army of Israel had fled and yet he stood there. And he won a great victory. Now, David, you know, when we, King David, when we hear of his exploits, he did this before he was king, but what, uh, when we think of him, we often, we often think of his, him as this exceptional human being, and, and, and perhaps he was to some degree, but, you know, when you read his full story, he made mistakes just like you and me. He made wrong choices, bad decisions. He was so very, very human. It's not so much that David was great. It's much more that David trusted in a great God. He aligned himself. He surrendered to. He followed and obeyed and trusted completely a faithful God. Today I want to talk to you about a God who is faithful, our God who is faithful, the faithfulness of God, the faithfulness of God. 
A God who cannot deny himself even when we deny him. A God who will remain faithful to us even when we are faithless. (laughs) So David, standing up and doing these great exploits as a very ordinary human being, trusting in an extraordinary God. Not only was he a a warrior and a great king, but he was also a poet. Did you know that? He wrote poetry. He's one of those guys. You know, guys, the guys you hate that, like, have got everything. You know those guys. He even took photo ops with babies, I'm sure. It's just how. But David wrote poetry, and in one of the poems that he wrote, we can get some clues as to how he was able to rely on this faithful God or how he actually put into practice his reliance on this faithful God. What turned him from an ordinary human being into a hero? So I'm going to read Psalm 26, the first three verses. And there we can see There we can get some clues. We can kind of begin to see how David did this. It starts off like this. Vindicate me, O Lord, for I've walked in my integrity and I've trusted in the Lord without wavering. Prove me, O Lord, and try me. Test my heart and my mind, for your steadfast love is before my eyes and I walk in your faithfulness. I want to draw attention to that last line. I walk in your faithfulness faithfulness. So many times through the Bible, we are told to have faith. And it's tempting. It's tempting to think that I must sit down and somehow muster up great faith, kind of work hard to believe, just do some internal gymnastics so that I can believe. Do you ever feel like that? You know, it's like, some, it's like this intense workout so that I can be counted worthy of God. But you see, faith is not so much something that you muster up. It's not so much something that you, you kind of conjure up in your, in your own soul. Faith is surrender to truth. Faith is trust in a person. Faith is believing that God is faithful. Faith is walking in God's faithfulness. Trusting in God's faithfulness. You see, faith isn't something that you muster up. Faith is an action of surrender to a God who is there. Faith is an act of trust in a God who is able. Faith is saying God is true and everything else must submit to that. If I have to describe the the faithfulness of God to you, I would describe it as this. 
God's, God is faithful means that he is loyal, steadfast, true to the original, unwavering, consistent, dependable, trustworthy, truthful, honest, powerful enough to do what he says. If the person sitting next to you comes to you and tells you that they, they are going to open doors for a magnificent promotion for you tomorrow, I, I would advise you to ask for their credentials. You see, it's not certain that they have the power to fulfill their word. But God is powerful enough to do everything he says. God has the credentials that enable us to trust him. If he says it, it will come to pass because he's that powerful. When I look at this particular set of three verses that I read to you, I, I see some clues, some indications that, that show me how David positioned his life in relationship to God so that he could walk in his faithfulness. And the first thing is the very first line that he says, and it's kind of like a cry from his heart. I hope you can, can see it. It's, they put an exclamation mark at, at the end of it in my Bible. I don't know if David used exclamation marks, but nonetheless, he calls out, vindicate me, O Lord. He doesn't tell us what he needs vindication from, but you're human, I'm human. We all know we all have been maligned at some stage. We've all been spoken bad about. We've all been maybe um, had people say things and then not do them. We've all had people abandon us, go the other way. We all know what it means to need vindication. He calls out, vindicate me, O Lord. And he was able to call this out. He was able to trust in God for vindication. Because he knew that God was faithful to his covenant people. You see, throughout history, what God does is he, he governs his universe by decree, by declaration, and by covenants. Right at the beginning, he made a covenant with Adam and Eve. In this covenant, he, he covenanted with them to, to bring all of the world into submission as they followed him. He made a covenant with Noah. And indeed, with us through Noah, that forever seed time and harvest would remain, that he would never flood the world again. He made a covenant with Abraham. 4,000 years ago, he made a covenant with Abraham, and in that covenant, he promised to bless Abraham and then to bless all the nations through Abraham. He made a covenant with Israel, and he said, if you will walk in my ways, you will be a holy people, completely dedicated to you, to me, and I will be, I will be your God. I will surround you with my protection, my favor, and my blessing. He covenanted with David. He made a covenant with David. David wanted to build him a temple. And, and God said, how about this? 
You want to build me a house? How about if I build you a house? How about I promise that from now and forever, they will sit on a man from your lineage on the throne of David. And ultimately, he will govern the world. Of course, we know that Jesus was of the lineage of David and God fulfilled his promise to David in Jesus Christ. He filled his promises to Abraham in Jesus Christ. And then finally, he made a covenant with you, with me, with us, through Jesus Christ. And he ratified that covenant with his blood. And in this covenant, he promised to forgive you of all sin, to wipe away all sin, to rescue you from all evil, rescue this world from all evil, and to set things right. He made a covenant and he will do it. He governs his universe through his covenants. And he is faithful to those who are in covenant with him. There is a woman in this church. I know she is here today. I was speaking to her before the the service. But she works for and did work for one of our SOEs in procurement during the height of state capture. At this time, she refused to make the shady deals. She refused to fudge the numbers. And as a result, she was ostracized. She was spoken against. She was accused. And finally, she was suspended. She refused to compromise. She stood by her guns. And in the end, she was vindicated because God is faithful to his covenant people. She was reinstated. Those who had accused her were either fired or resigned. And now she stands superior to them in the organization and to those who had had challenged her. God is faithful to his covenant people. David himself was challenged for the throne by his own son. Maybe this was a time when he cried out, vindicate me, O Lord. That same son, tragic story, ended up hanging by his hair in a forest out of an oak tree with three javelins through his heart. You know what? Don't touch God's covenant people. God is faithful to his covenant people. I was having an interesting conversation with my husband the other day, and we were commenting about someone we know who... uh, who serves the Lord and is, is going after God in, in unusual ways. But we commented that every time anyone stands in this person's way, something happens to them. You know, they don't end up with three javelins through their hearts. Praise the Lord. But either they move countries, they are, are transferred, they, they find something else, and it's like God just keeps opening the way. And you know, this is just how it is with God's covenant people. God is faithful to his covenant covenant people. God is faithful to his covenant people. So why do we worry? Why do we worry when people speak bad of us? When we don't chase the Huns at uni 
I was with our campus leaders the other day. Guys, did I do okay? Thank you. Thank you. Did I do okay? Don't chase the Huns at uni. I don't even know what it means. No, I'm just kidding. I do. I worked it out. I worked it out. Why do we worry when we ostracize because we refuse to work on a Sunday? Or we refuse to deliver inferior work at inflated prices? Why do we worry? We have a God who is faithful to his covenant people. Do what's right. Stand firm. Stand before your Goliaths. Stand before the opposition. Be counted as a follower of Jesus Christ. God is faithful to his covenant people. David goes on and he, he says this. He says, prove me, O Lord, and try me. Test my heart and my mind. Yeah, ouch. You know, it's, it's so amazing to me that David, the strong, kill lions with my bare hands kind of a guy, stands before God and he, he just opens up his heart. He says, I know there's wrong ways in me. I know there's things going, going on in here. Taste me, prove me. Here's my heart. Fix it. I'm not hiding anything from you. Imagine you head to the doctor and you, you, want him, you want him to fix you. And you go through the entire examination and the entire time appointment with your doctor and you don't tell him that you've had stomach pain every day for the last week. I mean, do you think you're going to get the right diagnosis? Do you think you're going to get help from that doctor when you, you're concealing the issues that you have? None of you would do that because it would be a waste of money. But you see, sometimes we go to God like that. God, fix me, make me free. You promised that you would make things all right. And then we're hiding and, and keeping things hidden because, because in essence, we don't really trust him. We don't really think that he has our best interest in heart. We, we don't really know that he's going to be true to his word to set us free. And sometimes we just want justification, not freedom. Well, that's the other people. But you see, ultimately, ultimately, as we go before God, if he's faithful, then we are, we are able to completely be honest with him. Allow him to see everything. Change us where we need to. Lord God, show me what's wrong. I spent all my days pointing my fingers at every other person. Now, Lord, I, it hasn't changed anything. Change me. Change me. There have been times I've prayed prayers as radical as, Lord, change me or take me home. You know, just enough is enough now. Just make me better. You see, David was able to be this vulnerable with God. To trust God at this kind of level. 
because he knew that God is faithful to his word. He knew that God had promised to make him into a king. He knew that God had promised to set him free. And so he could trust him. God was faithful to his word. You see, 4,000 years ago in a, a very dusty patch, sparsely inhabited land in the Middle East, Abraham stood before God and God promised to set you free. He promised to bless you. 4,000 years ago, you were already in God's mind and you'd already promised. 2,000 years ago, he ratified that promise in his own blood. God will bless you. There is nothing he will say to you or do to you that will be for your harm. You can trust him in everything. Pull down the walls. Let down the facades. God, here I am. Change me. Change me. Change me. Some things that the word does in our lives. First of all, the word comes and gives us our true identity. That's how the word changes us. When, when we look in the word, it's like a mirror and it shows us back to us who God says we are and then it shows us where we differ from that. It tells us who we really are. The word leads us to true worship. It helps us to let go of the idolatry and the things that have captivated our hearts and it leads us to Jesus. It delivers us from harmful habits, the, those things that you do, that you think you like, but really they're harming you and if you just knew what you could be doing instead and how great it would be, you would let it go in an instant. It leads us away from harmful habits. It strengthens our weak places and it makes us wise. This is what the word comes and does. We can trust him and God is faithful to his word. Another thing David said that really astounds me, he says, for your steadfast love is before my eyes. Do any of you know a fickle person? I heard some very loud yeses from out there. I'm sorry for your frustration. Have any of you been in relationship with a fickle person? You know, they just want to be alone. So you leave them alone. And then they're mad because you weren't there for them. You know, they tell you how much they love pasta. You make them a pasta meal. And then they've given up carbs. You know what I'm talking about? And sadly, we've all been in a relationship with a fickle person. And sadly, we've all been the fickle person. You know, I just want to be alone. And then I'm alone and it's just lonely. And I realize I don't even know what I want. But God always knows what he wants. You see, God is never fickle. God, God is not changing from one thing to another. He's steadfast. He is who he is and he always will be that. He always will be that. You see, what, what David did is that he was able to trust in a God who is faithful to his nature. God will always be who God will always be. 
Jesus came to reveal the Father to us. He came to reveal, in a, said another way, who God is. He made seven I am statements about them, and that's, you know, each of them are a sermon in itself. We had actually preached that sermon series, I think it was last year or the year before, I can't remember, but go and, go and find that sermon series. But, but he made some statements about who God is. He said, I am the bread of life. What does that mean? It means that, that God is always there to sustain you. That he will always be that. He's not just sometimes sustaining and sometimes not. He's always the bread of life. It's innate in him. It's his nature. He is the light of the world. It means he's always uncovering darkness. He's always letting truth in. He's always pushing back evil. He's always making things right. He's the light of the world shining into the dark places for, for comfort or discomfort. His light is always there. He's the light of the world. He's the door. Guys, your boss doesn't open um, opportunities for you. Jesus Christ is the door. He's the one who opens the door. He's the one who closes the door. He's the one who gives opportunities. All opportunity comes from him. He's the good shepherd. He's always watching out for you. He's chasing away wolves and bears and lions. He's keeping you safe. He's leading you to green pastures. He's the resurrection and the life. What does that mean? Nothing stays dead in Jesus Christ. There is no such thing. There's no such thing as a dead dream. There's no such thing as lost hope. In Christ Jesus, everything comes alive. He's the way, the truth, and the life. In other words, not only does he give you life, but he shows you how to get there. He's the destination. He's the map. He's the road. He's everything. He's the true vine. He's the one in whom, when you're in him, you will always bear fruit. He's he's the one that makes you fruitful. So great people, walk in God's faithfulness and you'll become the person you were meant to be. That's how heroes are made. That's how heroes are made. God is faithful to his covenant people. We can rely on that. God is faithful to his word. We can rely on that. God is faithful to his nature. We can rely on him. Amen and amen and amen. Lord Jesus, I pray for everyone in this room. Holy Spirit, I ask, I ask that, that we would we would know your faithfulness, Holy Spirit. We have, we've lived in so much fickleness, Lord God, that sometimes it's hard to trust. But Holy Spirit, hear our hearts. Come and change us. We want to trust you. We want to surrender to you. We want to be known as ones who are yours, your covenant people. Thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. I'm going to ask everyone to stand. I want to do just one more thing. Two more things. First of all, there might be someone here and and you don't know if you're in covenant with Jesus. You know, you've you this might not be your first time at church. You may have been in church often, but but you've never really said God yes 
I choose to be in covenant with you. In other words, I choose to surrender my life to Jesus Christ, to turn my back on my old way of life and to choose Jesus. Or maybe you think you've done it and you're just not sure. It's just, it's not certain in your heart. And I want to help you be certain today. So if that's you, and you want to enter into that sure covenant with Jesus Christ, to be part of his covenant people, I'd love you to pray this prayer with me. Can we all pray together? Lord Jesus, I come to you. Lord, I ask that you would accept me and and come and take me, take my life. Sorry, guys, I'm going to say that again. That was a bit silly. Let's go again. Lord Jesus, I come to you. Lord, I surrender my life to you. Lord, I give you all that I am. I say yes to your covenant. I choose to be counted as one of your covenant people. I turn my back on the way I've lived. And I choose you. Come and save me. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you hear and you you prayed that and you meant it. It might not be the first time you've prayed it, but perhaps you didn't know whether you really meant it last time or you didn't really understand, but you prayed it this time. It might be your first time or another, some other number of times and you just are saying yes to Jesus. If that's you, I'd love you to raise your hand because I'd like to pray for you. Who, who did that? Thank you. Is there anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Just as a, a sign of your your conviction and your determination to do this. I'm going to invite you to come forward. I'd love to actually lay hands on you and pray for you. If you raise your hand, or if you didn't raise your hand and you thought you should have, this is also a good time to come forward. So if that's you, won't you just come forward to the front here? Can we give them a hand as they come? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord God, I, I just bless this one with every good thing. We receive her. Holy Spirit, would you fill her? Lord God, we accept her as, as one of ours, Lord God. We, we welcome her into the family of God. Lord God, I pray that her life would never be the same from now on, Lord God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen and amen. There is a beautiful lady there. Her name is Irene. Would you mind going with her? She's got some material for you, and you'll be back very shortly. God bless you. Give her a hand as she goes. And guys, is there anyone here that you've been believing for something and your, your capacity to believe or your, you feel like your faith's waned a little bit in the, that area? Is there anybody here? I want to pray for you. Is there anyone here? Fantastic. I see. Just raise your hands high. When I put my hands up, that means you put your hands up. And I, uh, I, I'm, explaining, I'm explaining myself to you. Awesome. If someone near you has their hands raised, won't you just lay hands on them? Lord God, we just bless these. Holy Spirit, we know what it's like to grow weary in believing, Lord God. And we want to stand with our brothers and sisters. And we want to say we believe too. We believe too for this thing. Holy Spirit, we, we confess over their lives that you are faithful. 
and that they can walk in your faithfulness, Lord God. We're not asking them to muster up more faith. We are just reminding them that God is faithful. God is faithful. He he will be faithful to you, his covenant person. He will be faithful to his word. He will be faithful to his nature. You can trust him completely. We speak to these people's hearts and we say, come alive again. We speak to their trust in Jesus Christ and your goodness and we say, come alive again. Believe again. We just declare over them, goodness awaits you. Life is before you. Resurrection has come. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Can we give the Lord a hand? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you his peace. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Don't forget the presbytery outside. So if you need a prophetic word or you have a friend who needs a prophetic word, take them along. God has good things to say about your life. God bless you. Have a glorious week. 